Hello, and welcome to On the Turf, hosted by three guys who have never been on the turf. My name is Arjun Ryans. I'm Ron Patel. And uh, looks like Sheree isn't here again. Uh, some spotty yeah. attendance I mean, this, a... this year from Sheree. Um, you know, if this was school, he would he wouldn't be able to graduate with that he would not be able to graduate i think he's currently trying to graduate i think he's currently trying to get into college i think that's why he's not here um Uh, yeah but uh yeah who cares about that um yeah but we had a great week week 15 of football uh you know probably one of the craziest weeks if not the craziest week we've had this entire season right um Mm -hmm. the greatest comeback or not the greatest but the biggest comeback in nfl history um, we had, you know, star quarterbacks, Burrow, Mahomes, Allen, Lawrence now, all of them making big, big plays for their teams to put them up over the top comeback wins. And we saw teams like the Patriots commit probably the stupidest play I've ever seen in NFL history. Like, I like Jacoby Myers. I think Jacoby Myers is actually probably the best, one of the best offensive players on a team that doesn't have very good offensive players like the Patriots. But, man, that's That was the suck. most questionable decision I've ever – that was yeah. – that was... <laughs> I mean, I like, watched. I didn't watch that one live. I was just so confused. Oh, as to I, what I was occurred. so I was I was in like a four hour car ride uh, back to Pittsburgh, and I was like, "What the what the hell is happening?" Because I was watching Red Zone <laughs> on my small ass phone, and I see this happen. But um, we'll we'll get into that game a little bit more and talk about what this means for both the Patriots and the Raiders. Let's kick it off. First week of week or first game of week fifteen, um, the Minnesota Vikings versus the Indianapolis Colts. So for a little context here, I was taking a final during the first quarter and a half of this game, and if any of you have listened to this the this, the podcast this season, you know I've never believed in the Vikings this entire season. So naturally, when I get out of my final, it's twenty three to zero. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm like, all right, I'm vindicated. I'm about to go on this podcast on Monday and talk about how how bad the Vikings are. But then the Vikings let the lead grow to thirty three to zero, and then the second half, Justin Jefferson, KJ Osborne, and Kirk Cousins come to life and. That Indianapolis team left by Jets, Jeff Saturday on a Saturday falls apart. Rohan, I'm still not a believer in the Vikings after this. I don't care. It took here, like, no, here, here's it took thing. divine here's the intervention for, for them to win this. But what, what do you no, think? No, okay. Arjun, Arjun, you anything that the Vikings do, you simply can't. Like you just you still choose to hate. You're me because with Joe they, Burrow. They, they, I mean, you can, can you look at them and tell me they are a good team? They have one of the worst <laughs> defenses I've ever seen. Okay, here here's the thing. Here's the thing. Sure, one of the worst defenses, you want to say that? They allowed three points in the entire second half. And let's not forget that the 33 points, yes, 33, huge number. The 33 points they let up, a lot of those were, like, fluky points, so to speak. I mean, there was a blocked punt for a touchdown. Uh, there was an interception return that put, put them in a really, really good field position. It's not like Matt Ryan was tearing this, de- tearing this defense up. Let's get that straight, right? Like, a lot of the points came sure, from the fact that... Cold, I mean... This Colts offense is is a, is a, a BB gun at best with Matt Ryan and Jeff Saturday, you know, as the coach. No, it's it's terrible. And here's the thing. Here's the thing is that it looked terrible as it should in the second half. The Vikings got it together and they played the way they should. Now, obviously, if you have a start like this against an actually good team that you're going to run into the playoffs, like the Cowboys, Niners, Eagles, it's done. You're not going to win. But for me, if anything... This is better than a normal win. This is better than if the Vikings just came out and beat the Colts normally. Because this shows me that this team can come back, they have resilience, and that like this team can actually turn it up at any point in time. You know what I'm saying? Like They could have easily folded, and we would have said, okay, whatever, Vikings suck. 
But instead, they come up. Like, you can't dispute like, the greatest comeback in NFL history. Okay, but it, it, Rohan, are you going to say here and tell me this team can win a playoff game? Even against. Okay, they're likely to be the two seed at this point. And, you know, it looks like my prediction's coming true. It looks like the Lions are coming to that seven seed. Are you going to tell me that even in at Minnesota, this Vikings team is capable of winning a playoff game? A playoff game against a Lions team that seems to have a really good offense and a defense that's surging in the second half of the season. Can you tell me that they can win that game? Yes, I would say yes. Because I just think that this team is more prepared for it. This team has more talent. They have more experience um, than the Lions do. Don't get me wrong, the Lions are a great team. First off, there's no there's there's no saying whether they get the seventh seed or not. There's a ton of other good teams out there competing for it. Second, once again, it comes back to the fact that this Vikings team is well coached. Um, they have a veteran quarterback who can excel, um, as we've seen. Like that was, over 450 yards, four touchdowns. That was arguably one of Kirk Cousins' best games in his entire career. He's capable of having those games, especially with the talent that's around him. Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne's up and coming, TJ Hot. Like, there's so many weapons on this offense, they can hang with anyone. I guess so. I don't know. I'm still not a believer. I think I'll have to see it to believe it. And, you know, with how this season is going, wouldn't be surprised to see the Vikings in the Super Bowl at this point. Um, But (laughs) next game, Saturday night, this was a really great game. Turned out to be a snowball. We were expecting it to be a snowball the entire time, but in the fourth quarter, the blizzard, lake effect snow hit uh, Buffalo. But the Bills came away with a 32-29 game against the Miami Dolphins. First, we're going to talk about how good the Bills have uh, show. They were in this game, especially Josh Allen putting the team on his back in the fourth quarter. But I think this is as good of a loss as you can get in the NFL, especially for teams like the Miami Dolphins. Past two weeks, yes, they've gone 0-3 in their road stretch against the Niners, the Chargers, and now at Buffalo. But this team showed improvement from that stretch. You know, Tua played a pretty good game, all things considered, in really tough conditions. Um, I think Mike McDaniel... He called a really good game in the first half, especially with the run game. Raheem Mostert had 100 yards in the first quarter, but they seem to get a little bit away from the run game in the second half, which I think if Mike McDaniel calls this game again, I think you call more runs in the second half and you would likely win that game and keep Josh Allen off the field. But all things considered, this is a really good Bills team. This is still the Super Bowl contending Bills team. And Miami, with losses by the Jets and the Patriots, despite the loss, seems to still be in contention for the playoffs. Um... But Rohan, what are your takeaways from this game? I know you like Miami, but the Bills seem to be still the kings of the AFC East. Yeah, I mean, I think it was quite clear from this game, too. Um, the Bills, I think, first and foremost, managed to avenge that loss from earlier in the year uh, they had down in Miami. Um, and Josh Allen came to play. I mean, he had a bit of a rough stretch that we talked about in terms of having issues with turnovers. That was not an issue, especially, which is even greater considering it was in such bad conditions in Buffalo. I mean, four touchdowns throwing, over 300 yards passing. He was the team's leading rusher, too, with over 70 yards rushing. Um, pretty flawless game from him. Can't ask for much more. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Tua uh, also had a pretty good game. He was 17 for 30, two touchdowns, got one to Waddle and Hill. Um, and like you said, Raheem Moser also had a really, really good game, which I think was an element that it was there probably for the Dolphins the entire time, but their running game hadn't been the prominent factor in their offense. Maybe this game is a sign that they need to go go to that more um, and take some of the pressure off of Tua. But in terms of like the big the big picture here, 
The Dolphins, I think, are going to make the playoffs, but this last three-week stretch has definitely poked a lot of holes in their team. If you asked me before that three-week stretch, I'd say even if they were a wildcard team, they're a Super Bowl contender. Now, I don't think that as much. I think their offense has been okay for this for this stretch, but it's their defense that's really proven to be the issue. They've gotten torn up by two good quarterbacks and <laughs> Justin Herbert Her- Her- and Josh three, Allen. Three, three good quarterbacks. <laughs> Put some respect on Brock Purdy. I can't even say Brock Purdy, bro. (laughs) I can't even say Brock Purdy. But (laughs) sure, three three good quarterbacks. Um, And again, like what I'm saying is that their defense is really, I think, an issue that I think that's going to be their biggest thing in the offseason is how do we get that defense to be better? I think you need a a lot better, first of all, you need a lot better run stoppers. I mean, Devin Singletary even had a good game against. Uh, the Dolphins to salt away the game really, um, and put it out of out of, uh, put them out of uh, contention. Uh, McCaffrey obviously had a good game. Um, I'm pretty sure Eckler also had a good game on the ground against the Dolphins. So I think that when it comes to the Dolphins' offseason, you need to start looking at ways to find run stoppers, find ways to stop the run, uh, because you already have top tier corners, you already have a top tier pass rusher in Bradley Chubb, um, and it's it's a bit concerned that this defense is still letting up so many points. So really quickly, let's talk about Patriots Raiders. Um, you know, neither of these two teams, in my opinion, are going to make the playoffs. I think for the Raiders, a little too too little, too late for them. And it took a goddamn miracle for them to win the game. Um, Patriots, I think the coaching decisions and the personnel decisions this offseason are really coming back to bite Bill Belichick and this team. Matt Patricia and Joe Judge are not offensive coordinators. They never were meant to be, and they've shown that. Mac Jones, you know, Mac Jones has been okay this season, given the circumstances. He doesn't have a play caller and the personnel. I mean, Bill Belichick, two seasons ago, following that Cam Newton season, went out and spent the most free agent money that he's ever done in his Patriots tenure. None of these free, I mean, these free agents, Matthew Juna has turned out, Hunter Henry's been okay, but for the most part, these free agents haven't turned out. And I think these personnel decisions from Belichick are limiting this team and it simply doesn't have talent and i really don't know where the patriots go from here um i think they're in one of the weirdest situations in the nfl given how old bill belichick is now mac jones is he really the franchise guy and their weapons really don't inspire much confidence going forward yeah i mean i think that like you said in terms of patriots they insisted on investing in like mid-tier offensive talent in hopes that a lot of mid-tier talent would make up for a lack of a superstar. Um, and that clearly hasn't worked out for them. I mean, you can point to maybe Ramondre Stevenson and say he's their bright spot, he's their offensive star. Um, I don't I don't necessarily buy that argument. He had a really good game against the Raiders, sure. But he's not like a game, absolutely game-breaking running back that can do it in every phase of the game, like your Dalvin Cooks, your Alvin Kamara's, your Christian McCaffrey's, or Saquon Barkley's, etc. You don't have a running back like that. You don't have a receiver like that. In fact, we'll talk about the receiver that cost them this game, and that's Jacoby Myers, who arguably is their best pass-catching threat. But what was going on on that last play? I need someone to walk me through what the decision was there. Was it what? I mean, I mean, was the idea just to do laterals? It sounds like the play call was just a draw to Ramondre Stevenson. It sounds like that was just a play call, run the clock out. Then Ramondre said, I think, made the split-second decision. I don't know if this is a coaching decision. It sounds like from the post-game press conference, it was simply a draw. Ramondre decides to lateral it, which is 
the first bad decision. And then Jacoby Myers decides to yeet it back to Mac Jones, who's already on the ground with Chandler Jones in front of him. Then Mac Jones tries to get back up. Chandler Jones gets the ball, stiff arm, and the rest is history. And the Raiders stiff arms. A, stiff arms is a nice way of putting it. But he yeah. he absolutely <laughs> threw him to the floor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was it. Was just it like it was like mind breaking. Like you didn't understand. Like you checked the score like three times. You know what I'm saying? Like I look. I was like they're losing. Like why? Yeah. Why else would you make that choice? It was very confusing, and it was. It was a very unpatriots way to lose, I have to say. I mean, yeah, for exactly. a team that's I think built that... on discipline and doing things correctly and getting all the small things right, this was just a massive, like, massive brain fart. Yeah, I don't really know where the Patriots go from here. They got the Bengals, Bills, and Dolphins left on the schedule. Three playoff teams. Um, could be 0-3 down that stretch. Let's see if Bill can once again will this team to a win. But let's talk about two better teams than the Patriots. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars, I got to say, look, I, I'm sorry, Jaguars. I'm sorry, Jaguars. I was on your train at the beginning of the season. I jumped off for a little bit. But just like the Lions, I'm back on. If you guys don't remember, week three, I said, I remember in our like week two overreactions after the Jaguars started like two and one or, uh, yeah, two and one, I think. I was like, oh, they're going to win the AFC South. And then I was like, all right, maybe they're not going to. They have a chance now. They came back 43 to 30, 40 to 34 against the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys were up 24 to 10 at one point in the game, but Trevor Lawrence, four touchdowns. Since midseason, Trevor Lawrence has been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. 11 to 1 touchdown to interception ratio, really high, one of the highest completion percentages in the NFL. He's becoming a superstar before our very eyes, and it's good to see Jaguars finally found their quarterback, it seems, and their, their coach and Doug Peterson. And Suddenly, with the Titans losing to the Chargers, the De- the Jacksonville Jaguars are just half a game back, considering they beat the Titans last week as well. So they play each other in Week 18. This is get really interesting in the AFC South with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I mean, I think that Week 18 game could be the the deal breaker for that AFC South. But I mean, for the Jaguars, like you said, I think they've really seen an upturn uh, through a past midway point of the season. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, he's had. He's been very, very good. I mean, you saw that last-minute last minute game winning drive against the Ravens. Then you see a master class yesterday, um, or two days ago, against the, the Cowboys, uh, putting up four touchdowns over 300 yards. Uh, a freaking Zay Jones master class oh, for some Jones. reason. Zay Jones. Guys, for context. Talk about it. Uh, talk about it, Arden. I don't want to talk about it. So, Roja and I... Uh, are playing each other in our, on the Turf Fantasy League, which some of you are a part of. Uh, we're playing each other in the first round of the playoffs. Guess who had Zay Jones? This guy. Uh, thank you, Zay Jones. Three touchdowns. Um, the team will be renamed in your honor in the round two. Uh, I'm sorry, Rohan. I'm sorry. I, I wish it didn't have to happen this way, but the mid-men uh, move on to round two. Uh, against all odds, we started one to four, but Zay Jones. Mind you, mind you. In this league, I had Kirk Cousins. I had Juwan Johnson this week. I had A.J. Brown. I had Terry McLaurin. All these players, I put up over 150 points. And I still found a way to lose because of yeah. I mean, I still have Aaron Jones, Jones tonight, and I I already have 175. So we'll see how many points this team can really put put up. So um, unnecessary, so unnecessary. But <laughs> I mean, for for the Jaguars, obviously a really good story, really good win, um, and a great pick six to end that game off. Another crazy ending, um, in the NFL. From the Cowboys' perspective, though, I mean, last week you were a bit worried they needed a comeback win to come and beat the Texans, and now this week. 
They choke away a big lead to this Jaguars team. Um, the defense, which is supposed to be very, very good, goes out and gives gives up 34 points. I mean, 40 points. what do you make of that? What do, are the are the Cowboys still contenders? Are they just a a shaky team? What's the what's their stick? It's the same old Cowboys. I I, same like, old Cowboys. I mean, the, I mean, is this team any different from what we? I feel like I'm getting deja vu with how similar this team is to last year, right? Like I remember last year, in middle of the season, I remember I was putting them like three, four in my power rankings. So I was like, all right, Dallas Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl. Then down the stretch, they have some some tough games. I remember Thanksgiving, they lose to the Raiders. And then they put up like 50 points against the Commanders in Week 17, Week 18. And then we're like, oh, we're back on the Dallas Cowboys train. But this Cowboys team is going to get a lucky break. They may win a playoff game this year just because they're going to play the NFC South winner. Um, so they'll probably win a playoff game there. But no way this team is still contenders. I think, I mean, I think the writing has been on the wall for this team. Putting up 40, letting up 40 points for your defense, which is supposed to be your strong suit, you can't have that happen. Um, Dak has been fine. The two picks were really his fault. I don't think he's the reason this team is losing, but, you know, Mike McCarthy is going to hold this team back. As we've seen before, they let up a lot of penalties, and this defense seems to be pretty inconsistent as well, almost losing the game to the Texans last last week. Last game we want to talk about week week 15, bengals Bucks. um... Joe Burrow, you know, and the Bengals, 34 unanswered points in the second half by this team or near second half um, with a last-minute field goal in the first half. Bucks were up 17-0. to You really just don't see this from a Tom Brady team. Like, this season is just so weird to see as someone who's watched Tom Brady forever. Um, mm-hmm. This just this Bucks team is just uncharacteristic of what we've come to expect from a team that has Tom Brady under center. I mean, letting up 34 on answer, he doesn't play defense, but he gave up two turnovers in the second half that gave the Bengals short fields. I think the Bengals had three straight drives starting within the Bucks like 30-yard line, which is insane. Allowing them to put up, you know, 34 unanswered. And, you know, against a team like the Bengals, which are a top-flight contender in this AFC, and in my opinion, the best team in the AFC. You need to hop off the Bengals, bro. They're not – they're not – they're – well, I mean, like, I, what, what what the Chiefs almost got taken. The Chiefs got taken to overtime by the Texans. The Bills, I'll give you, I'll give you that. The Bills are a really good team, and we'll see next next week on Monday Night Football how this Bills and Bengals team match up. But right now, who do you, who do you think is gonna? Okay, actually, I'll, I'll say that for our, our previews. But I mean, listen, in terms of this game, Bengals. I mean, this uh, realistically, like, this is the game they were supposed to win. Yeah. Um, and. Again, similar to the Vikings game, it's it's good to see that this team battled their adversity. You know, you're on an away game, you're down by three scores, and you still come back and and, and win. I mean, obviously the defense did a lot for you. I think that's a very impressive, especially against, as you said, a Tom Brady offense. Joe Burrow, almost perfect on the day for four touchdowns, only one pick. Um, I mean, you can't ask for much more. Again, this is a, like I said, I'm not going to lie, this is a, obviously a very good Bengals team. Whether they're in the upper echelon of AFC teams, I'd argue they're right below the Chiefs and Bills maybe at this point. What um, more do you need to see? They beat the Chiefs like two weeks ago. <laughs> if they beat the Bills, then maybe I'll consider. But even then, I, I don't know. It's just... I mean, they beat the Chiefs and you still have them lower than the Chiefs, right? Yeah, something something just doesn't sit right with me about this Bengals team. I don't know what it is quite yet. I mean, I think I, I, I just I can't I guess we can move to the playoff picture now. 
because let's talk about these AF teams. But you know, like let's the the Bengals are ten and four. They're in the driver's seat in the AFC North now. The Ravens, to me, look. I I know I hate the Ravens, but the Ravens to me look kind of shaky. I mean, losing to the Browns, I get you don't have Lamar Jackson, but without Lamar Jackson, this team cannot do anything offensively. And I mean, yes, but that, that's a that's a very big there. asterisk. First of all, like not having Lamar, like Lamar does make this team go. If Cincinnati right. loses Joe Burrow, they're e- they're in equally bad streets. No, no, I I don't disagree with you, but the difference is the Bengals without Burrow still have Chase Higgins, Tyler Boyd, uh, Joe Mixon, and some defensive stars. The Ravens have the defensive stars on offense. Mark Andrews has continued to be limited by that injury he suffered earlier this season. Beyond that, there's there's no one on this team. I mean, the Ravens to me, they'll still probably make the playoffs, but this isn't as close. You have teams like the Chargers and the Dolphins who are right behind them, with you know, sitting at eight and six, and then you have teams like the Patriots, the Jets, and the Jaguars who can easily. Jaguars likely to leap up in the AFC South, but these two other teams, the Patriots and the Jets, can easily make a run for um, one of these playoff spots as well. But do you think this playoff picture stays consistent? I mean, I remember, I think this is what I envisioned the playoff picture looking earlier this season, um, just flipping the Bengals and the mm-hmm. Ravens, but I don't know. I, I like the Chargers. They have a really easy schedule going forward, and the Dolphins just need to beat the Patriots or the Jets, and and they likely get in. Probably more more so the Jets than the Patriots. Okay, I mean, like, first thing at the top of the AFC, you have the Bills at one, Chiefs at two. Um, I don't think you see much shake up there. I think that both teams, if they want to win every game, they can win every game, and therefore, um, I'll give the Bills the number one seed, Chiefs number two seed. Um, Bengals at three. For me, this one, I know you're going to hate this, but I still think it's a bit shaky. Um, it's it, They have the Bills coming up um in two weeks sorry right yeah they have, they have the patriots this week and the bills the week after and then they have the ravens i mean if they even lose one of those games they fall back to the same record as the ravens and the ravens have the head-to-head currently so i think it really will end up coming down to that final game considering the ravens play the falcons and steelers next uh, and those should be two easy you gonna, wins you gonna, if talk the, you gonna talk about us like that you gonna talk about the steelers like that yes i will actually I'm just saying we gotta win this the, week. Don't disrespect us. Against the Panthers, buddy. You remember that, right? Panthers are still alive for a division championship. I don't care what their record is. We beat a potential yeah. division champion. Well, I'm I'm glad you're happy you beat Sam Darnold. Um <laughs> but <laughs> but the Ravens still have a, have a very, very feasible path. Not first of all, I think they're making the playoffs for sure, considering the record they have ahead of them. And moreover, I think they have a very feasible path towards still getting that um, three seed um, in, in in the AFC if they can beat the Bengals that last week. Then at the four seed, it's the Titans right now. Is it the Jaguars by the end of the year? I, I, I'm, I I'm hopping tell. back on. It's going to be the Jaguars, man. It's going to be You're the Jaguars. You're hopping back on? I don't yeah. know. To me, both these teams are still too shaky. Like, the Jaguars have good games, sure, but then there are these games where it's like it could go either way, where yeah. they could have very well lost as well. In the blink of an eye, if, if things don't go right for them, and like a small thing doesn't happen for them, so I'm not completely sold. But the Titans also look bad too, so <laughs> it's a hard one yeah. to call. Then I think the wild cards where it's really, where it's, like you said, where it really gets interesting. I think with the five seed, you'll see the Bengals or the Ravens, whichever one doesn't win the division. And then honestly, I like the way it is right now. I think you'll see the Chargers and Dolphins at six and seven. It maybe might shift between those two, but 
the Patriots don't look good. The Jets, I mean, it's really disappointing considering how good of a story they were to begin the year. But and how good they defense also, is. yeah, and how good the defense is. Yeah, but I think as we've seen, like this offense will hold them back, especially if the savior Mike White isn't there to play. <laughs> um, and then you also got tough games for them too. You know, you you, you got the Dolphins, you got the Jaguars. Um, it's not really conducive to, to to winning a lot of games. So unfortunately, I think you'll see them slide out. I think the top seven you have right now are the top seven you'll end with, and that includes the Titans. So now moving to the NFC, I think these top three seeds will likely stay locked in. Uh, Eagles at one seems virtually locked in. We'll get into what's happening with the Eagles and Jalen Hurts in a bit. But Vikings at two and three, or Vikings and Niners at two and three, you can see the Niners jump up. Um, the Vikings play the Packers, the Giants, and the Bears coming up. Bears probably a win, but Giants and Packers go either way. And San Francisco seems poised to win out, even with Brock Purdy, it seems to me. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think uh, there's any – that this team is simply just really dominant. Then the five seed, Dallas, I think, is going to stick at five. There's uh, With the loss to Jacksonville, they basically lost their chance of winning the NFC East. Um, and the Giants and Commanders are currently at six and seven. But like I said – Lines are sneaking up on this on this NFC playoff race. They're not in right now. They're seven and seven, half game behind the Commanders at seven six and one. They got the Panthers, the Bears, and the Packers, all winnable games. This team could be ten and seven and making the playoffs, like I said. Um, and I'm I'm just gonna say it. They're making it. They're making it at this point. Um, they've won a six game win streak. They simply have been one of the more dominant teams in the NFL as of late. Um, and I think we see the Giants with their big win against the Commanders last night. They probably stick there at the sixth seed. That gives them a really good footing. The Seahawks, great story, but I think they're dropping off. They got the Chiefs um, coming up next week, uh, and and it's going to be a really tough schedule down the stretch with them with the Jets as well. Um, but like I said, I like this playoff picture to stay out. Is Tampa Bay still there? I guess, um, and uh, Detroit goes in at seven. I think. I mean, I really, I really want to like. I, I know I got in your case like last week or the week before for saying that the Lions um, could make the playoffs, but I am a man willing to admit his mistakes, admit his faults. I appreciate that. Um, the The Lions look really good. They look very, very good. Um, last week was a another tough win for them, um, but they got the job done. Um, against the Jets, which was very impressive considering it's a very good defense. And I mean, when you look at the people they're competing with, the Commanders, they got the Niners, the Browns, the Cowboys coming up. I think I see two losses there. Um, And that's considering that they can beat the Browns. Um, Then for the Giants, I mean, the Giants are sitting at 8-5, and I think they're in in a better spot. Um, For them, they got the Vikings, the Colts, and the Eagles. Maybe two losses there too, but even then, I think it should be enough for them to sneak in. It comes down to the Seahawks, like you said. Uh, the Seahawks have a tougher schedule. Therefore, maybe the Lions do sneak in. Maybe they are that seventh seed. Um, technically, the Packers have a shot. Uh, they play tonight. Oh, yeah, I forgot, um, I forgot the Packers just still I mean, you, you can't even... I mean, we're recording this on Monday night, right? Um, they're going to be likely going to be 6-8 and eight if they can beat the Rams as they should, right? And then they beat the Rams... Uh, as you said, they have a crucial game against the Lions later in the year. Um, but before that, they go and play Miami, they go and play Minnesota, and they go against Detroit. Now, that's a tough schedule, first and foremost. 
I mean, Miami and Minnesota are two very, very tough games. And I think if you're the Packers, you need to win out. That being said, are you ruling out Aaron Rodgers in December? I mean, yes, yes. I yes, <laughs> yes. That was that was a very that was a very confident <laughs> yes from someone who's a big Aaron Rodgers fan. Um, Miami, Miami is going to dice up this defense. I'm sorry, like mm. Miami is going to be angry as well going into next week on Christmas Day playing this Packers team. I I think it's going to be it's going to be bad for this Packers defense. This offense seems to be coming alive. We got Christian Watson. He's doing well, um, but this seems like an eight win team to me, even if they can beat uh, Minnesota. All right, so finally, I guess we got to talk about the NFC South. Um, I think all of these teams are still technically alive. Um, if alive is a term that's uh, an apt to describe. So it's, a, it's, a, it's a strong term to use, but it's technically yeah. correct. Um, <laughs> Tampa Bay, 6-8. and eight, They're still there. Um, Carolina. Carolina is in control of their own destiny, if you can believe it. Um, they play Tampa Bay in Week 18, or Week 17, rather. If they can win out, they beat them once. They already they've already beat them once. Yeah, if if and th- that was with PJ Walker. They got they got Sam Darnold now. Um, if that's enough, <laughs> a far better quarterback. Yeah. Um, but who's gonna win this division? Who's gonna lose? Actually, no. You know, what? I'm not even gonna say they're gonna lose to the Cowboys because it would be the most Cowboys thing to lose to whoever wins this this terrible division uh, in the playoffs. But who's your prediction? I'm still going with Tampa Bay. I know Tom Brady's like taking the backs like he's not as good this year and this team is terrible and the coaching is terrible, but they have to win this division, right? Well, first off, if they do win the division, I think it would be the most Tom Brady thing to go and beat the Cowboys. I don't lost to them. <laughs> root for that to happen. But no. The the the, the Bucks aren't making the playoffs. I'm afraid it's going to be the Carolina Panthers. Whoa. I mean, whoa. <laughs> a part of me just would find it very funny if the shittiest team in this division managed to get up and win. Yeah. But here's what I see. I mean, they have the Lions coming up, which we, we, we were saying Lions easy win, but the Panthers play people tough. Wait, okay. Wait, they, they lost to the Steelers this week. We're not that bad, man. Give us some respect. We're mediocre as hell, and we're proud of it. Okay. Scratch all of that. The Panthers can't win if it can't beat the Steelers. Um, I would like them for the. I would like. I would like to see a three-game Panthers winning streak to end the year, where they, where they, where they beat the, the Lions, the Bucks, and the Saints in succession. But that's not happening. Put take the damn hat off. I'm feeling proud of my team right now. You're slandering for what, for beating the Panthers. <laughs> we're we're six and eight, man. <laughs> Tomlin's gonna drag this team kicking and screaming to eight wins. <laughs> eight and one. The tie is coming in the next three weeks. I'm telling you. <laughs> Three, three wins? I actually, you know, in our predictions, I might predict a tie coming up against, like, the Ravens or something. Because it would be, like... Just, just so you can keep 500. Yeah, I mean, Tomlin, like, he <laughs> has to do it, right? <laughs> There's no way it can't happen. Yeah. Uh, you've been spoiled um, too much. But, uh, yeah, I guess the, whoever wins this division is going to lose in the playoffs. No one's making the Super Bowl from this division. Um, we've already spent way too much time talking about it. Uh, it's fun, but um, <laughs> it's fun we got about. a great week, week 16 of football coming up. Um, holidays are coming up. Christmas, Christmas games are coming up. So really, we're really excited 
Um, we'll be coming out with best of the week as well for later this week um, as the Lions kind of even out. Um, we didn't really talk about the Eagles real quick, but that line for the Cowboys-Eagles game has shifted to Cowboys favored by five after the Jalen Hurts injury. Um, we'll see kind of how they proceed with that um, probably next week's episode after the, the Eagles-Cowboys game. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to check out our Instagram for picks, power rankings, and all of our other content, including episodes and bets of the week. Um, that's about it. Thank you for listening. My name is Arjun Ryan. I'm Ron Patel. And we'll see you next week in week 16 on the turf. Thank you.